you often hear about, you know, deals being acquired and, and everyone gets excited or deals being sold and, and the returns generated. But, you know, every time you acquire a deal, the way I look at it is it's just kind of, you know, pre-work or you're just starting the race, you know, you're just getting to the starting line. And on average, a deal is held for 60 months, or at least that's what's projected. It takes three months in the beginning to buy it and three months to sell it. So 90% of the time that you've got this deal is in asset management, you know, but it's probably only 10% of the time talked about. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Our guest today, his name is Shane Thomas. He's co-founder and managing partner of Catalyst Equity Partners. Uh, his focus is on acquisitions, asset management, and investor relations. They have nine properties, 1,900 plus units, 300 million assets under management. They're in Texas, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, he has a, a background actually as a, as a CPA, and, and he's, yeah, <laughs> it's a great background. You're going to hear me talk about that as, as far as uh, somebody in this business and understanding numbers, but uh, just expertise in large-scale property management and analytics and process improvement. Uh, and and I, I dive into a, a number of things around that. Uh, this is a, a great segment of interviews here, a couple shows with Shane. I know you're going to enjoy. We dove into uh, asset management and really how that bleeds over into communication with your investors. You're going to hear that over the next two days. I know whether you are an active operator or a passive investor, you're going to learn a lot uh, from these segments with Shane. Shane, welcome to the show. Hey, Whitney. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the kind intro. Excited to be here. Yeah, honored to have you on. I know you had mentioned, I think we met few years ago at a conference and and so it's great to connect again and uh, you know just bring out your expertise for the listeners and myself because I, I know you and I were chatting about a hot button that's going around right, right now I think that that's just you know every operator uh, and and passive investor you know are, are asking some questions about some things we're going to talk about today uh before we get to that tell us a little more about your background how you got in this syndication space uh, it seems like everybody or, you know, comes from different walks of life, right, or different industries. And, and so what was that for you? Yeah, yeah. No, thanks, Whitney. Um, I'm, you know, a recovering, I guess, CPA to start, you know. Um, so I started my journey, you know, many years ago. Um, you know, I'm a management consultant, CPA, worked in corporate America for a long time. Um, but I always had the real estate bug, if you will. Um, so I actually started buying single family in 2009, 2010 in Toronto, Canada, where I'm from, um, not knowing much, just knowing that, hey, I just wanted to kind of plant some seeds. And it was more from a long term investment, um, made my way down to the States in 2010. And then uh, in 2015, you know, kind of was at a crossroad in, in my life where I had to kind of decide if I was going to continue to climb the corporate ladder or, you know, if I wanted to go out and do something on my own. So kind of long story short, at that time, real estate had done well for me in Toronto. And I wanted to kind of replicate that in the US. And, you know, being a finance guy, and, and you know, I had single family before, you know, I just knew that multifamily resonated with me more, you know, the fact that you could force valuation based on NOI, treat it more like a business. Um, and so, you know, kind of started down that path to figure out how I could buy, you know, kind of multifamily. And at the time, it was smaller multifamily, 15 to 20 units in Chicago, where I lived. Um, and then long story short, you know, ended up stumbling across, you know, kind of investing in multifamily syndications. Um, in 2015, I started passively investing as an LP. 
Um, and then once I, you know, kind of did that a number of times, I realized that my skill set and my interests, you know, really peaked and, um, you know, met my now business partner at networking um, event in Texas. And, uh, and yeah, now we, you know, we, we've got a company, Catalyst Equity Partners. We've got, um, you know, we've done close to 2000 units as lead GPs in Houston and Dallas. Um, and, you know, we've got, uh, you know, construction management in-house. We've got a small team. We do third party. We use third party for management and really focus on value add. We love heavy renovations. We've done everything from class C to class uh, A multifamily. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I think <laughs> your expertise, uh, you know, coming from a, a CPA background, uh, like everybody needs that on the team. I feel like, uh, you know, the, the more we've been in the business, uh, it's like, man, uh, you know, having that, uh, we haven't for a long time, you know, have right. it, I mean, having somebody internally, we've had third parties that have helped us, you know, right. uh, but man, having somebody internally like yourself that has like a, a CPA, just numbers background, right? You know, I, I'm not an accountant by trade, uh, right. you know, and I don't want to have to tell my quote, you know, accountant what to do. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it it definitely helps. But as you know, Whitney, it's it's one of those things, right? Like it's a, it's a team sport and, you know, kind of there's different elements yeah. to the skills you need. And I think, you know, in the beginning, you know, I was doing a lot of that accounting review function, but, you know, just like scaling any business, you know, I've kind of, you know, I'm still, you know, kind of maybe the lead on our team, but, you know, we have a fractional CFO that we use, you know, to really dive in because, you know, it's one thing to review books for, you know, two, three deals, you know, but when you've got nine, 10, 11, you know, yeah. things change. And so, uh, but yeah, I think I know enough to be dangerous, um, but, uh, you know, um, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. Now that's awesome. Well, it's it's not, and that's another point. It may not be your highest and best use of your time now. Exactly. Either, right. You're, and we're going to talk about some things that you're, you know, you've become an expert in now and, and you all are doing well at, uh, which I want to bring out to the listeners, but, uh, but it's a, uh, uh, that's a good point there to make is like, well, you know, you had this skill set and you still have it, but, but, you know, you've, there, there's another piece that's a better use of your time. Right. right. Uh, and so right, let's dive into that. I know, you know, before we, before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, your focus on really the asset management communication with investors. And I, I'm just, I'm hearing it all over the place, right? It's not just you, uh, you know, that had brought this up lately, not so much on the show, but I just mean talking to investors or talking right. to other operators man, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how do I communicate better with our investors or LPs are saying, we're not getting any communication from a number right. of, you know, of groups that we've invested with. I'm hearing that way too much. Um, but I want to dive into that and how you all do that so well, right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and nope. I, you know, I, was, I, I want to talk about the asset management piece too, because I feel like that that plays such a big piece of where the information comes from and starts. And, you know, uh, and so let's start with some of that and maybe, you know, give us some details on your asset management piece or, you know, operations, right? Uh, and then we'll move to the communication piece to investors and how that all works together. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a great question. And I think, you know, it's one of those areas in this business that's often overlooked because it's not the glamorous side, you know, and, you know, you often hear about, you know, deals being acquired and and everyone gets excited or deals being sold and, and the returns generated. But, you know, every time you acquire a deal, for it, the way I look at it is it's just kind of, you know, pre-work or you're just starting the race, you know, you're just getting to the starting line. And, you know, if you just look at it just based on just pure math, right? I mean, on average, a deal is held for 60 months, or at least that's what's projected. 
It takes three months in the beginning to buy it and three months to sell it. So 90% of the time that you've got this deal is in asset management, you know, but it's probably only 10% of the time talked about, you know? And so anyway, I think it's come to light now, obviously with the market, you know, being what it is now and changing. And the reality is when we charted in 2015, 2016, there was a lot of tailwinds and, you know, I think, you know, I wouldn't be alone in saying this, you know, that a lot of people, you know, there was a lot of you know, sins that were forgiven, if you will, because rent growth was, you know, astronomical or cap rates were compressed and, you know, the tides definitely changed now. And so, you know, we've always, you know, put asset management as kind of the, the lifeline of our business, right? We know that if we cannot, you know, perform on our deals and service our investors, right, then, you know, those investors are not going to come back and we're not going to be able to build our track record, Right. And, you know, and I think, you know, having that that view up front and, and with my experience as being an LP and my partner has been an LP prior to us being a GP, you know, we came out and we said, you know, asset management and ensuring that our investors know what's going on, you know, is paramount to our company. Right. Mm-hmm. So so, you know, what we've done and, and you know, uh, from an asset management perspective is we've tried to just build processes where, you know, we've now got an asset manager in house that's full time that 100% oversees our 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 um, properties and you know before my my partner Prashant and I were doing that but you know i think the reality is that in this business we're handing over keys to folks that you know aren't highly compensated or you know don't have a high level of education and we're expecting them to manage you know multi million dollar assets right where we have you know, significant plans in terms of improving them, adding other income and stuff like that. So there's a lot of sophistication that's come into play and being able to manage that and, you know, influence those folks to be able to get the results that you desire, right? And so it's a lot easier said than done. Um, But we, you know, every deal that we buy, you know, we go to the uh, property management company and say, hey, here's our business plan. They work with it with us. Then we come up with a 90-day and 180-day plan. So it's very clear because most folks, you know, that work in the business at the property level, right, they're just going to do what they've done previously, right? They've been in the business for 15, 20 years, and they're just going to buy a deal and operate it, right? So we set expectations up front, 90-day plan, check in every 30 days on those high-level goals, you know? On a weekly basis, our um, asset manager, you know, we've got like a, a dashboard, uh, we've got different property management companies, so it's not fully integrated, but we've got a set of KPIs that we ask our managers to fill out every week, right? And we're diving into those um, KPIs and, you know, trying to look at them as leading indicator. Like, hey, if our renewal rate's low, why is that? You know, is it, and asking the questions, why are people moving out, right? Um, if our traffic, you know, is is not high enough to generate the amount of applications we need, what can we do differently, Right. So every indicator, you know, there's usually, you know, three or four ideas or whatnot. Um, and then making sure that, you know, our each of our business plans are unique. We've got a couple of deals right now where we're implementing uh, bulk Wi-Fi, right? And that, you know, has some resistance, you know, to the um, residents. Residents have some resist- resistance. I was on a call this morning where property manager was like, hey, I got an earful from this resident. They have a contract with their other per- service provider and we're putting this on. And we said, no, well, if they have a contract and they could, you know, prove it, we'll just say they don't have to get on board on our, you know, um, internet until the contract's done, right? So it's being close enough to the ground, you know? Um, and so we've just built these processes where we've got, we've got weekly calls with the property management company. 
then monthly review calls with the regional manager. And that helps me and my partner, you know, help articulate the commentary to our investors, right? Our asset managers talking to our construction team, right? So our construction manager joins the asset management calls, you know, on a weekly, on a sorry, monthly basis, just so they can know how many units we're doing. So everything, everyone's talking to each other. Cause what we've noticed is that when you stop the communication, a lot of things break down, right? And then from there, what we do is we have our, our monthly P&L reviews, right? And then we do distributions on a quarterly basis. So then on a quarterly basis, we work with our fractional CFO to really dive deep into our financials, understand our cash position, see what's coming ahead. I think a lot of times, you know, you know, a lot of people are looking at what's happened and, you know, we've got some cash now, so let's distribute, but we know, hey, we've got, for example, older assets and, you know, we may need, you know, X amount more in capital to, 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 you know, improve these deals or whatnot. Right. So we have to hold that back. So anyway, it's, you know, I'm trying to go from, you know, where we are on a day-to-day basis and we kind of bring it up top and then we're able to articulate the results financially um, and, you know, CapEx wise and ultimately distributions to our investors. You know, I know I, I've said a lot there, but, you know, we try to, you know, work from the, you know, the, give them the big picture, make sure they're executing day by day by these different KPIs that we track and then able to explain the story to, you know, someone as an investor so they can understand. Yeah, no, that's uh, some that's a lot of great detail there. I want to dive in a little bit on, because uh, it, it's, it is a process and the more we, we want to communicate well, we want to communicate often, uh, but there it's taxing to the team, right? You know, as we've gotten many, many, you know, deals as well, and we're trying to updates on all these deals, we're right yep. there with you. You know, it's like pretty soon, like this is a lot of work for a few people every month, yep. right? Yep. I mean, it's, it is a lot of work. And, and, uh, uh, and, and I think oftentimes LPs don't maybe realize how much, how much work does go into making those updates happen. Uh, but it still has to happen. Yep. <laughs> it still has yep. to happen. Yep. So, yep. but the, but the, the more we can streamline that process, the better. Right. right. And, and obviously in the more accuracy and all those things um, and, and the more we're communicating. And I liked what you said there. I wrote it down. You know, when you stop communicating, things break down. Right. right. Uh, or, or there is something broken. Right. If you're you know, it's why you're not communicating, maybe. But, you know, speak to the information that's expected to come from your property management company that helps you to maybe streamline some of the communication with investors. We're going to get to the communication you know, in a minute with investors. But, uh, you know, I say as the asset manager or the operator, you know, talk about what's expected exactly, you know, what kind of reports on a monthly basis, how is that helping you all to generate the best information, you know, for investors? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the the good thing about this business is that there are great systems that these property management companies have to get, you know, all the data that you need, you know, um, I think, you know, from a summary level, you know, we obviously have our P&L or balance sheet cash flow and whatnot, but you know, those are what I kind of, you know, you know, basically financial statements, right? But really what I look at on a week to week basis are more of the leading indicators, which are occupancy, our leasing, our trends, what's our box score, you know, how many, how many units are, you know, vacant, not rented for how long, you know, and so our traffic, where are the sources of our traffic, um, our renewal rates, I think are very telling. And a key metrics that we track across every single portfolio, you know, and, you know, we've done this for long enough that we can figure out like, okay, this trend is 
really low and is it a seasonality thing or do we just not have good leasing um and then we've got a few things that we've developed that are like okay if this is happening there's like three or four things at least we've seen that most likely are or at least 80 percent of the time are the root costs you know um and so so yeah so all that information helps us um on a weekly basis make changes right because you know the reality is that the financial reports you get you know 15 or 20 days after the end of the month. And it's way too late to affect change. Right. Yeah. And so we're trying to make changes, you know, I mean, quite frankly, now it's daily, you know, but at least on a weekly basis. And then, you know, by the time I'm reviewing the reports that my asset manager and fractional CFO put together, you know, I've already got the story because I know from a weekly basis, I've seen the trends, you know, and so there may be something that happened in those two weeks that, you know, that I may have to update investors on, but by then, we kind of already know, like, you know, August 1st, I already know how July financials are going to look. I don't know the exact numbers, but I know the general story, you know. And so, um, so yeah, that's that's really, you know, what we look at. And there's, you know, to answer your question specifically, I mean, each property manager software, they have specific reports that they send us on a weekly basis. And then my asset manager has created the Catalyst KPI tracker, which he puts in because we've got different properties and different systems puts it in so that we've got our list of 15 or 20 KPIs that we review weekly. Yeah, no, that's helpful. Uh, I just want the listeners and myself to hear the things that are important to you. And I love that hey, you're, you're, you have a specific list of leading indicators that you're watching on a weekly basis. Uh, I think that says a lot as well. Somebody on the team needs to be doing that. Right? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's so important uh, and, and keeping a pulse like that and, you know, even weekly and sometimes even more often, uh, you know, maybe depending on the asset and, and what's happening there, right? Um, you know, speak to them and we'll start this and just so listeners know, we're going to do another segment with Shane. We're going to dive in a little further into the communication with investors as well. Uh, but, but maybe, uh, you know, how, how many people are involved in the process, I guess, of converting, say, you know, this information to, you know, your investor updates? Yeah, I think it's it's really, it's really two, you know, or, or okay. three, when you consider me, it's our asset manager that you know, is compiling all the data. Um, obviously, he's working day to day, you know, in it. So he's, you know, aggregating it, you know, and, and the thing is, going back to your earlier point, you know, we've systematized this so that any report coming from Catalyst has the same structure, right? We've got sponsor yeah. commentary, PL, et cetera, but then the deal story changes per deal, right? Um, and then we've got our CFO that helps us re- review to make sure that, you know, because as you know, Whitney, these are capital intensive businesses, right? And I think, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, there's a lot of ins and outs, you know, and, and we're talking about thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars that are going, you know, when you're getting a draw and you're you're waiting for a draw, you need to submit a draw and, and whatnot. So we're just making sure that, you know, we're understanding the cash inflows and outflows. And so once the asset manager and the CFO work together to make sure, okay, do we have that story? Then, you know, I come in and my partner come in to review just to make sure like, you know, like there's, you know, some deals we have rate caps or, or you know, the um, and, and floating rate debt, right? So how to articulate that to investors, right? What is the, you know, bigger picture, you know, um, end goal of this deal? Are we going to planning on refinancing in six months? You know, are we going to try to sell, you know, what are the trends? So that's where we come in to kind of tip and top. But I would say between the asset manager and fractional CFO, 90% of it's done. And then we come in to tip and top and make sure we send it out. Love that. And one quick thing, and this, uh, uh, and we're in the middle of this as well, but you're a fractional CFO. Uh, and so they're not, t- you know, just so the listener knows, uh, you know, you can, you can, 
you can't hire somebody practically, you know, in that role, right? Yeah. Uh, speak to how you found this person and maybe, you know, how, uh, you know, how you implemented a skill set like that that's maybe not an employee, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it was, you know, uh, as we alluded to, I mean, asset management and doing the financial reporting, I mean, just based on what I just said, it's a lot of work. Uh, and yeah. to be quite honest with you, it's a full-time job, right? So we got to the point where we were doing this role, what I just described between me and my partner for the first three or four deals, right? And we're it helped us tremendously because we were close to the details and whatnot, but it was hard for us to grow because once you can't do it after you do, you know, five, six more deals. And so, you know, we, you know, hired our asset manager. And then, you know, from my perspective as an, an LP and other deals, you know, quite frankly, it just, you know, the property management company, their job is to manage the property and they do property accounting and, you know, not to put up any shade on property management companies, but they're just getting the books done and sending them out to you, right? They don't have the foresight to say, hey, is this deal in a bad cash position or not? They'll come to you when there's no cash to pay payroll, but they're not thinking about, hey, three months ahead, right? And so, you know, I was in a couple of deals where I just, you know, I would look at the balance sheet and I would say, well, we got no working capital, we got no cash, but we're paying out distributions, you know? And and, and anyway, so so using those experiences, we never wanted to be in that position. And we just said, okay, let's go try to find someone that can understands our business. So found somebody actually online on LinkedIn, you know, has was doing this on a smaller scale. And, you know, we kind of developed a relationship. He actually worked at a, a previous employer of mine. So we kind of shared some common ground. And um, I think at the time we were probably one of the, the biggest, you know, multifamily clients of theirs. And uh and we just kind of just said, hey, let's do a contract little basis and kind of did, I don't know, 10, 15 hours a month. And then we've scaled that up as we've grown. Um, and it's been great. You know, uh, we collaborate um, in a lot of ways and he's yeah. uh, an aide, you know. I just think a lot of people don't even know that that's an option, like, a, you know, fractional CFO. Yeah, like you, yeah. you can uh, you can have, say, that level of expertise still on your team, even if you can't afford, say, right. you know, a full-time CFO yet, uh, just so the listener knows that you, you you can still have that expertise on the team uh, yes. and and maybe five, 10 hours a week, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I so would highly recommend it. You know, I it highly makes, recommend it as well. Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. soon, as soon as possible uh, that you can have that expertise, like we were talking about earlier that, that Shane has, uh, you know, it's like having that that level of accounting background, uh, I just feel like is a must when you're managing this kind of capital, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's so much of what we do. Um, and you, you just need somebody that, and they just love the accounting piece, right? Yeah. Yep. Not everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. But well, Shane, you know what, uh, you know, let's, uh, we're going to stop here for this segment, but uh, just so the listeners know, we're going to, we're going to do another segment with Shane tomorrow uh, and we're going to dive in. We're going to take this even further, uh, you know, from the, uh, say property management reports and asset management onto, you know, bringing this to investors uh, and how they do that. Uh, and maybe some some do's and don'ts that we've both learned, you know, over the last number of years. But uh, Shane, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, you could. Um, I'm I'm available on LinkedIn. Um, you know, Shane Thomas. You could find me on LinkedIn. Um, and then our website's uh, catalyst uh, catequity.com, uh, catequity.com, and you could email me at Shane at catequity.com. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.